Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. What does culture look like in your salon? If a client walked into your salon today, what would they notice about your team? about you as their leader, because trust me, they are noticing. They're noticing the attitudes, behaviors, and habits exhibited by your team, and it's painting a picture of your salon and your culture. Well, so why is this important? Because the culture of your salon is reflected in the experience you give to your clients. So how do you make sure that the experience that you're providing and the culture that you're demonstrating reflects your values and purpose as a business? So today on the podcast, Million Dollar Salon Owner and Salon Mastery Coach Sophie shares her story all about how she cultivated a culture in her salon that was in line with her ultimate business vision and the experience she wanted to create for her clients and for her team. Here are three things you're going to learn when you listen to this episode. You'll learn how to define your mission and vision and communicate them with your team. You'll discover how to identify your salon values and what they look like using three real-life scenarios. Discover a workshop structure that you'll get your team involved, engaged, and invested in your salon mission and vision. Let's jump into the episode and meet Sophie. I wanted to um, share a bit of a real-life story, and most of you probably know Coach Sophie. Hi, Sophie. If you don't know Sophie, now you know her face. Uh, A lot of you know her. Um, Sophie started her uh, salon, you'll have to tell me how many years ago, maybe pop it in the chat, or you can just bump it. How many years ago did you start in your garage? I think we're 14 years ago now. 14 years ago, Sophie started her salon in the garage um, and then moved into a proper salon space. When we first met, you had a little baby and life was a little bit tricky and she came and joined Salon Mastery right at the, right at the baby beginning of Salon Mastery um, as it is how it is shaped today and we worked together for many years which was super cool. You then had your second baby, came back after the baby and uh, I lose track of time now um, but at some point what I would say is graduated to become an alumni of Salon Mastery and how do we uh, measure success of Salon you know graduating Salon Mastery or having achieved mastery of one's Salon well she ticked all the boxes for our Salon CEO KPIs she has a million dollar business uh, she does that out of four rooms uh, seven on her team and Sophie works 10 hours a week on average give or take in the business in any given week because the rest of the time she hangs out with us and is a coach here at Salon Mastery. So I thought who better to ask to talk about um, culture and so I said Sophie um, when you think about the word culture and the success that you've had in your business what are the three top things that you think about? Um, do you want to come and share them? I think it would be really interesting so I um, appreciate you coming to share your story Sophie. 
when you think about driving in an intentional culture, I know there were, I asked you to just come up with three things just so we could keep it, because I know there's a lot. What would you say was the first thing that really has helped you hone a successful culture in, inside of your business? I think what I found and what I knew I needed for the business model I wanted was I had to get really clear on my mission, where I wanted the business to go and what type of people I wanted in this business. Um, and then when I thought about the people, I started to get really clear on what type of people are these people, like what were their values, what did they want to be known for, were they going to be self-sufficient, or were they going to have to do a lot of nurturing with them? I had a little baby at home, so I knew I wasn't going to be able to do a lot of high-end holding. Um, my mission on it was that I really wanted to have like a team of confident, self-aware, self-efficient women that were constantly wanting to learn. So really open to learning um, and they wanted to become the best skin therapist we're in skin world um, but to do that I now knew who I wanted I knew what I had to do so I thought okay well let's work backwards um, and I thought well if I want those kind of women that I had gone through how do they want to feel at work like what what do they want um, and I came up with four things that then kind of shaped all my decision processes and then from there so they were they were going to want to feel respected trusted valued and that I backed them a hundred percent and then I kind of created I guess from your question what were the three things I then did to start implementing that culture for those people to grow within the business um so three things that I do is that we talk about um we talk about how we roll in the interview process so I think the interview process is a really big thing in terms of it's not me just interviewing them it's um are they they're seeing if we're a match do we fit do we kind of work together um, we talk about personal growth, about how the team works together. Um, we have a really open conversation about the um, leaving egos at the door, like drop it. It doesn't happen here. This is how we roll. Um, we talked about our team values and we go through what the team values are and that these are non-negotiables of how our team like to work together. Um, and I guess what this does is sets the stage and the expectations um, of how we work together in a team, kind of exactly what you were talking about before, is you kind of set the stage. So before they've even signed a contract, I do this same spiel with every person I do when we get to the second stage and be like, I actually think this person's good. I do the same spiel um, to make sure that they know from the beginning that this is kind of how we roll. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're going to get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team, you love your team, but you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease, in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more, because everybody wins. The team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. Um, so that's probably a big piece. I feel you land it from the beginning. Um, another one we do is 
we talk a lot about personal growth. So we um, we do the same rhythms with our huddles and our team meetings and our workshops. But um, the growth work, the, per- the work that you have to do on yourself, um, accountability is a really, really big piece in in our business. Um, we, we call it like we've got our values on the wall and accountability and own your shit. Um, the, the power of feedback is a huge piece that we've implemented as a culture piece. So we, I wanted to create a culture that it was really normal for us to receive feedback, but positive and constructive. Because if you only receive constructive feedback, it feeds that part of you that thinks I'm not good enough. She's always picking on me. She's bossy. So you need to be giving so much positivity. But this isn't just about me giving them positivity. It's about the team collectively open your mouth. If you see the way that she opened the door for a client or the way you spoke about it, I wanted them to be like, say it, say, hey, I love the way you spoke with him. And it created a really nice nurturing environment. So then when that teammate said, hey, would you like me to give you some suggestions on X? All the team were really open to now receive feedback because they felt that they had been, you know, um, accepted and trusted because they've received so much positive feedback. So I think getting that balance is a really big culture piece that I loved um, putting in the um, business. Um, What else was there? There was, I guess, not giving them all the answers and letting them make mistakes. Um, I'm not in the business, so I needed them to to be, to know that they're humans, you know, go in there, do the pieces, you're going to make mistakes, but we're not, we're not surgeons. So no one's going to die. It's going to be okay. And if it happens, just own it. And so that's kind of the slogan where we always come back to that accountability pieces, Um, accountability, own your shit. And it's a hundred percent okay to make mistakes. Just like no problem, make the mistake and then we'll learn from it. So um yeah, I found that as a big piece that then they were more likely to take, not risks, but because of the environment we've created, they were more confident to say, okay, I could try this or I could try that because Sophie's not going to come yell at me because I'm not going to get told off. I'm going to be encouraged for this behavior to to um, have initiative. And I think once you build the initiative, it gives you more options to lead from the back. So it's to create that piece that you go, off you go. You don't need me anymore. So um, yeah, there's there's so much on this topic. I think think you can kind of pull apart on these ones, but I think yeah, bringing it in at the beginning, creating that growth mindset of who they are, how to be better by feedback, I feel is a really important piece. Um, and then not giving them all the answers and being open that we're all human and vice versa. Like you were saying, I'm human and I'm going to make mistakes as well. So. Um, I think that's a big piece in it as well. Amazing. I love that. I actually remember us having a conversation, Sophie, um, years ago now. um, And it was kind of like that stepping away from the business and allowing people to make mistakes is ultimately kind of the answer. But it was like, when do I stop going in and saving the team? Like if somebody's sick, actually, I'm not available to uh, step in and take over the clients or you know it's that stepping in to save people and making that conscious decision that actually no I can't do that and it's actually okay I loved your we're not surgeons like we're not actually cutting people's arms off or anything um, they will be okay 99.999% of the time um, and allowing the, the whole business levels up when you choose to do that would would you say 
Yeah, definitely. They feel empowered to make the decisions to be like, it's an environment I feel safe. They feel safe and secure within it. Yeah, safe came up a couple of times when you guys were talking, actually um, providing a safe environment. And that's a wrap. I'm so proud of everything that Sophie has achieved from the time she joined Salon Mastery to now growing a million-dollar salon. And now, of course, she is a Salon Mastery coach. So let's recap what Sophie shared with us. First, she talked about how these three steps to cultivating a culture within her salon. Number one, start the conversation at the interview. Let people know uh, how we roll here. And right from the outset, number two, a personal growth culture where feedback is normalized, both positive and constructive. And finally, building confidence and initiative with your team, just letting people make mistakes and learn their own way and be human, showing them that mistakes are an important part of the learning process. So there you go. So the first thing you need to do before starting your journey to a better culture in your salon and the three drivers of a successful culture um, I know this is going to be super useful for you. So if it works for Sophie, it can work for you too. And as always, if you think he could use some help with building a stronger culture, a rockstar team, recruiting the right people, training, retaining them, please reach out just like Sophie did. You can apply for Salon Mastery via the link in the show notes of this episode. And let's book a chat. You can tell me a little bit about your salon and let's see if I can help you build a strong and intentional culture. It's been a pleasure hanging out. And thanks again, Sophie, for sharing your amazing success with us. Look forward to seeing you same time, same place on the podcast, Chelfin Hill. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.